1: CLNS's Patriots coverage is powered by our exclusive wagering partners at betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your initial deposit. Happy training camp, everybody. Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, Patriots Beat Podcast. Apologies for the funky time here. We had to get going uh, from training camp as Atlas, I'm sure you can hear him in the background, is un- unhappy about something. But anyways, we had to uh, get back from training camp. and made it a little bit difficult here with the timing, but we're here now. And Alex, uh, both you and I were out at Pat's camp this morning. A slow start to practice, but I thought things picked up. As we got into the second half and towards the end of the day, still kind of an extension as, of mini camp as Bill Belichick spoke about on Tuesday, kind of a glorified walkthrough to begin with. But then we got some low red zone work where we got into real seven on seven, uh, some competitive 11 on 11s as well. And And we can get into sort of the biggest takeaway here in a second that I had, but just overall impressions of the first day of training camp and being back out there.
0: Yeah, uh, Bill talked about picking up where they left off, and the defense certainly got the message. They were the better unit in the spring, and they were the better unit today. A pair of turnovers, they probably could have had a couple more. Jalen Mills dropped an interception. Uh, And I think this is going to be the tone this year, is this team will go as far as this defense is going to carry them, and they look like they might be able to carry them pretty far. So have to be encouraged by what you saw from the defense. I don't even necessarily think the offense played poorly. The defense just was that good, which without pads is saying something to me.
1: Yeah, the defense, the secondary in particular, I highlighted yeah. Adrian Phillips, who I thought had a, just a stellar day locking down both Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. But I don't know. There's two ways to look at this, Alex. Either we can say, and this wasn't my biggest takeaway, but since you mentioned it, we can say that it's a concern that the secondary looked significantly faster and significantly more on point than the receivers that the receivers still look a little bit slow out there right I I thought they wore coverage a lot of this uh, practice and and we've seen the secondary especially guys like Jackson and Mills and Phillips and Jonathan Jones and Miles Bryant really put the straps on some of these guys so that I think is Either you can say the secondary is great. Maybe the receivers are still a concern. You know, you can kind of go either way with that. But my biggest takeaway from today to get to the quarterbacks was I thought that this was another decisive win for Mac Jones today. Now, Cam led off drills. He was the guy that was primarily working in with the starting offense, right, the starting offensive line in particular. But I thought when you look at, again, the things that we talk about so much with this offense, timing. Rhythm, anticipation, ball placement, accuracy, all these types of things. There was one quarterback that I thought did that more consistently than the other, and and it was Mac. I I thought that he put the ball in really good places more than Cam did in terms of getting through the progression, getting the ball into the right place, and going through it that way. I I don't know how much we can put into this yet because until the pads go on and real football begins, because there's going to be – a physical element to this that I think is going to heavily favor camp, right? Once the pads go on and he can become a runner at times and he can use his physical ability in the pocket and all those types of things. Now we're not going to hit the quarterbacks in practice, but you understand what I'm getting at. Those types of – physical qualities are obviously going to favor cam and we don't know yet when the pass rush is flying around him when it's live reps if mac is going to be as consistent as he has been in mini camp and in training camp but i thought round one day one went to Mac Jones, and the throw that sort of solidified it for me was he came off, uh Jones did, started on the left side of the formation. He wanted to go to Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith was covered. He came backside and hit Nelson Aguilar on a deep out route at the back of the end zone and leading him uh into the uh, open area of the end zone there by the pylon. And that was just a Patriot-like though, right? Come off the first read. Get to your second read, lead the ball out there for the receiver, and put it in a perfect spot for six. That, that, that's the Patriot offense, especially in that area of the field.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd call it a decisive win for Mac Jones. I think, I, I don't know that either guy stood out to me. They both completed about 50% of their passes, came through the two picks. One probably wasn't his fault. Yeah. Mac, Jones a, Mac Jones had a fumbled snap. Uh, they were both certainly better than Brian Hoyer. Had a number of open players in the end zone and was just—if everybody was six five, Brian Hoyer wouldn't have missed a pass today. But I, I, I don't know. I, I learned nothing in terms of the Cam and Mac battle. I would heart, you know, we had those meters yesterday, right? I don't know that I'm moving my meter one way or the other based on what happened today. I don't think Cam won today. I don't think Mac won today. I think they both. I think the defense won today. Like I said, and that's going to make things tricky because at a certain point, one of these guys has to pull away and whoever gets it, I think kind of what told me today is whoever gets it is clearly going to earn it because to pull away against this defense is going to take some real skill.
1: I agree with you that we can't put too much stock into one day, right? And I and I, I wouldn't say that any of us are doing that because it, it's our job to micro or micro analyze. I should say th- these things at times, I would say that, Cam Mac had the better day. Cam's zip on the football, I think, stands out a little bit above Mac at times, and that ability when he's throwing to stagnant receivers. And I talked a lot about this when I, I wrote about Cam this offseason. At times, his issue is with, with throwing to. Guys that are on the move, especially moving horizontally across the field was a problem. But when guys just sit down in the coverage or guys are running a deep comeback or a deep curl or they're running a little stick route over the middle, he can really zip it in there to tight into tight windows. And they worked, like I said, predominantly in the low red zone. So we're talking about inside the 10, inside the 15 working those red zone drills. So in those tight condensed areas, you do see Cam zip and Cam's ability to get that Little extra on the ball come out, but again, it's timing, it's anticipation, it's accuracy, and these just passing practices basically passing right camp, right with no pads with no run game stuff with not a lot of all that going on I think Mac stands out but once the pads go on it could be a different story I, I thought that it was obviously noteworthy that Cam though let off every single drill pretty much and was at least today the clear-cut number one but I, I do think that that could change in a hurry if Mac continues to do what he's doing and, and to me the good news is, I guess, is I don't necessarily, if we had those meters up, I wouldn't necessarily put it all the way towards Mac or Cam or I, I'd keep it right in the middle, but I think that Mac is still nipping at the heels. I, I don't think he's lost any, any, you know, headway one day in,
0: one day oh, in. So, I, I don't think Mac lost any ground today. I just don't think he gained any. I think today was a draw is, is where I have it. Um, I, the what, If we're going to talk about the quarterback depth chart, though, one interesting thing I noticed is, so Jared Stidham's on PUP, right? So there's only three right. quarterbacks out there. Instead of them divvying up the snaps, you know, 33, 33, 33, whatever, Mac and Cam kind of split theirs, and then Hoyer had like – so when they split into two groups, right? Mac and Cam went with one offensive group, and then Hoyer was on his own. So yeah. Hoyer got – double the snaps by of not being there. They weren't distributed evenly. It seemed like they all went to Hoyer. So we talked about how that that QB3 battle could play out yesterday, right? How that battle could play out during camp. If you want to know a quarterback who really won today, it was Brian Hoyer, independent of Cam Newton and Mac Jones. He got a ton of opportunities today. I don't know that he made the most of every opportunity, but they're clearly giving him a chance to win that job.
1: Yeah. And and I, I thought what we saw was, Brian Hoyer was sort of the scout team quarterback out there today, working with the depth players, working against number one defense at times when Cam and Mac were working with the number one offense. And I think what you consistently see is the Patriots, especially this time of year, which is, I, I think, a given, they don't want Mac Jones to be worrying about getting the Patriots defense ready for the season, right? They want Mac Jones to be worrying about getting Mac Jones ready for the season. So we're not seeing Mac go with his scout team or with the threes or anything like that on top of the fact that I think that he's playing, you know, playing well is I think a lot to do with the fact that they want him running the Patriot offense, throwing to receivers that he might throw to in the actual games and really focused on his craft and not necessarily worrying about going up against the other defense. That's what they have Brian Hoyer in the building for. And that, that that's sort of what his job is here. It would have been interesting to see how it sort of broke down if Jared Stidham was out there. I, I think that that, yeah. you know, not in terms of what Mac and Cam would have done. I think that their reps probably would have been the same, but just in terms of what was going on with Brian Hoyer, because we saw a ton of Brian Hoyer out there today, right? You know, probably yeah. a
0: lot more Brian Hoyer than any of us were expecting. I, I would think in, in the passing totals, I don't have them in front of me, but, uh, they, they, they were about even, but Hoyer was out there a lot. Hoyer yeah. was playing a lot. Maybe he didn't get as many passes away, but he was on the field quite a bit and under center quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So that, that's the skinny on the quarterbacks. I think I'm a little bit more bullish on, on what Mac did today maybe than Alex is. So maybe, maybe we're somewhere in the middle, right, or, or something like that I, I on how much this actually means. I, I really thought that – I consistently think this, and, and I know, you know, look, the Cam people are going to come after me for these types of takes, but I can – we've seen – four practices that I would say count to some degree, right? The three mini camp practices and this practice here, I'm not going to count the OTAs that we were able to go to because those are, those are right. Right. So three mini camp practices. And then the practice today, Day one of training camp. Mac in my mind has won three out of four of them, right? There was one day the very last day of mini camp where I thought it was a decisive win for cam. The other days have really been, controlled by Mac Jones or won by Mac Jones. And again, I, I come back to this point, not to belabor it, but let's see when the pads come on, if Mac is, con- is still physically at that level, because right now, if we're just talking about sort of throwing competitions between these two guys and who's going to throw the better ball and the more accurate ball, then Mac Jones is going to win that, that contest nine out of 10 times. Right. It, this is right. more about the other physical tools and cam hasn't really been able to do that quite yet this is right now a target contest and and if we're gonna play you know if we're gonna play a target contest and mac jones is gonna win that
0: yeah for sure i i it, it it's with the case that's the case with every position right you really don't know until the pads come on and we should put that caveat on everything we say today for the most part you know we're gonna go off what we have and this is what we have but whenever the pads come on expect the conversation to change entirely
1: yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the other offensive players that either stood out or didn't stand out. We mentioned that the secondary – played very well today and kind of had control of the day in a lot of ways. I thought Nelson Aguilar ran some nice routes. I was impressed with his horizontal cuts at the top of the route. When they signed him and when I studied his tape with the Raiders, so much of his good tape was vertical routes, right? That vertical route fades, go balls, deep crossers or posts, things of that nature. And I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be able to separate at the top of the route as well as he has in these couple of practices. Now, some of those reps – Uh, The two touchdowns he caught, one was against Justin Bethel. The other was against Mike Jackson, I believe, or maybe it was D. Virgin. Uh, Not exactly all pro cornerbacks, right? We're not talking about him dusting Stephon Gilmore. But I thought that the routes that he ran at least stood out a little bit above the rest. And maybe more so than that, uh, Nikhil Harry had himself a nice day. I mean, look, they worked a ton on red zone passing, right? And, and throwing the football into the end zone. And when you're six foot three and everybody else is not six foot three in the wide receiving corps, you know, this is a wide, we talked about this. Nikhil Harry's body type outside the tight ends is very different from the other wide receivers, right? His, his skill set and his body type is, is a lot different. He stood out today in a day that he should have stood out on as being able to right. be that big bodied red zone target.
0: Yeah, and, and just for the record, neither of us was enticed to hype up Nikhil Harry to raise his trade value. Like, I was ready to come on and say, why is he in camp? Why haven't they traded him yet? He was good today. He yeah. had a good day today. Like you mentioned, he did everything he should. He's been a guy that's that's kind of been his M.O. in camp, though. He's generally been a, been a good camp player. The real question is going to be when the preseason starts, but yes, he was good today. He doesn't appear to be distracted by the trade request or anything like that. He showed up.
1: He did show up. I thought I the first throw that he caught on that touchdown from Cam it was is a nicely placed ball, and he went to the ground to get the pass and and made a nice play on it uh, to box out Jalen Mills. He then uh, ran a nice route actually and, and actually created some separation on the second touchdown. I know that's like seeing you know a, a shooting star or something like that to some Patriots fans that actually did happen out there today. So uh, yeah, maybe some motivation in a way to by this trade request to kind of. I don't know. When that trade request came out, it it just it left a a bad impression about Nikhil Harry, right? It was not a great move by his agent. It definitely made Nikhil Harry look like a little bit of a baby, a little bit of, you know, we're going to point the finger and blame the organization and all that kind of stuff. And I thought he came out there today and quietly went about his business and put together a nice practice. And, And you wonder if maybe he regrets, in a way, going public. At least with that trade request, it's one thing to request a trade behind closed doors or or express uh, your kind of frustration with the organization or, or with your role behind closed doors, but to make it so public, you got to think maybe he's having not necessarily second thoughts about wanting to be traded, but just that just the might way not he be- went about it yeah, it might not be yeah. the best way to go about it
0: yeah no I, I I'd agree with that, but again, he did what he needed to do today if he really wants to get out, he did what he needed to do today to get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, and we write about it. I don't know how much stock other teams put in it. Maybe they got little birds in the stands or something like that. They sneak little scouts over here every once in a while or over if the they head. were
0: smart, they would. If I was an NFL team and I know other teams have open training camps, I would absolutely be sending people disguised as fans to other camps.
1: Oh yeah. Have them put on a, uh, on a Johnny Smith jersey and go exactly to the listeners, right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Get them the Rob Lowe NFL hat.
1: Right. If that's the case, and and, and that's and either our reports, which I think is giving us way too much credit to think that that could actually sway a front office into trading for somebody, but whether it's our reports or little birdies or whatever you want to call it, scouting these players, these practices increase trade value. And that's why I said with Nikhil Harry that I would wait to trade him because his value was so low before training camp started, once he starts to you know, generate some buzz, put some good training camp practices together, maybe put a good preseason game or two together, then all of a sudden a, a player that's looking at a conditional sixth or seventh round pick might actually get you not – it's not going to go from a sixth round pick to a second round pick, but maybe you can get a real pick back for Nikhil right. Harry if he has a nice summer and has a nice preseason.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that.
1: All right. So, anybody else? I, I think the one thing that stood out to me on offense and kind of segues us into some of the defensive standouts. I wouldn't say that. It, look, it's, it's definitely no time to press the panic button or anything like that. But Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith did not necessarily put together much there out there today. It, it was. Uh, I, I kind of felt like, especially Adrian Phillips, like we mentioned off the top. But some other guys uh, also, you know, were able to guard them pretty easily, you know, and and it it wasn't exactly their best day. Now, it was the first training camp practice. Johnny Smith's first real practice. uh, He practiced what for maybe half of that first mini camp practice. So they're both probably still trying to figure out their roles and how they fit into the system and the system in general. So maybe that's slowing them down just a little bit. But they did isolate Hunter Henry a few times on Adrian Phillips and try to get him open in the reds zone and the work that they were doing and he was unsuccessful so uh, again obviously we're not going to press the panic button over one practice but I did think it was notable that those two tight ends weren't exactly coming out like gangbusters
0: I'm not too worried about it I think that like you said they're both new they're both kind of getting in a rhythm and the real question for this Patriots offense is going to be can they succeed without those tight ends they did uh, you know there were times today where they did Again, we saw Nelson Aguilar have a strong day. Nikhil Harry had his moments. You're going to need those guys to kind of step up at times. This is what defenses are going to do. They're going to try to take those tight ends away. I'm sure that's what Bill has his defense doing on the practice field. Take those tight ends away. Right? Think about it. If Bill Belichick is game planning at regular season, he's facing this Patriots offense, what does he do? He takes away what you do best. He's going to take away the tight ends. They are going to make this training camp Hell for Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. That's going to be the plan because that's probably what they'll see in the regular season. The Defense won round one, but certain wide receivers made the most of that opportunity. We'll see how this goes on. I don't think Henry and Smith had a bad day because they didn't play well. I think they had yeah. a bad, they were suffocated.
1: Yeah. And I also would mention, I, I agree with you that it wasn't a bad day because Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith aren't good. It's just, an element of it that I thought was interesting that they did not, it wasn't flashy today from those two guys. And I also would mention that I think what you're going to see with this offense. And we talked about the speed issue on the podcast yesterday, right? When we were talking about, okay, what if they play Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers at the same time? And Nelson Aguilar is sort of the odd man out in some packages. And I said, "Mm, they don't have enough speed on the field then, right? They're going to be really, really slow. And I think one element with these tight ends that I I did notice out there today is that without the threat of a run game, right, without the ability to incorporate misdirection, play action, things of that nature, that I think maybe mitigates it just a little bit. Like those two tight ends, I think are a part of a scheme, right, are a part of a, a chess match with Josh McDaniels and the defensive coordinator we're out there in mini camp or training camp day one and the Patriots are running day one install stuff, right? Like basic is what they would call it, right? The basic playbook. Right. right? And they're going out there and they're putting their five guys out there and they're running sort of basic type of stuff. And that's not necessarily the smoke and mirrors or the kind of crafty stuff that Josh McDaniels has on the, on the whiteboard, just yet. And I don't know if we'll ever see that in training camp. We might have to wait till week one of the regular season to truly see those types of things.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about before too. It's going to be different with the pads, especially for a guy like W. Smith, who's going to try to win physically. It's, it's just going to look different when the pads come on. So I, you know, no need we're so far from hitting the panic button on the tight ends. It was one oh, bad sure. day on a day. That's not like made for them to succeed I, I honestly, until you brought it up, I didn't really think about it. Hunter Henry actually caught, I thought him and Cam were in a little bit of a groove in an early 11 on 11 period. Like there were like three times in a row where Cam targeted him. And the third one, he completed it, but it was maybe forced a little bit. And I was like, okay, so he trusts Hunter Henry. This is interesting. And then, yeah, you didn't really see much from either of them the rest of the day. So, uh, you know, you want to come out and see those guys ball out because they spent all the money on them and it would be a ton of fun, but, I'm not too worried that we didn't see much from him today. I'm
1: not too worried. It was a quiet day. I wouldn't call it a bad day.
0: Just a quiet day. I think that's a very good way to put it.
1: Okay. What about Christian Wilkerson? Any any love for Christian Wilkerson? Because he had some moments out there today. He made probably the catch of practice, right? That highlight reel kind of grab. Yeah. Play of the day. Yeah. Probably the play of the day. Uh, uh, What do you think about that? I mean – there's always one guy, right? And sometimes it works out like Jacoby Myers has worked out. Right. and Sometimes it works
0: out like Maurice Harris worked out, right? You know? Well, I, so the one guy actually wasn't Christian Wilkerson for me today. And I'll, we'll get yeah. to him when we get to the defense. But, you know, we, we talk about that battle for the last wide receiver, and it's probably between – we said yesterday it was between two guys, Zuber and Nixon – And Wilkerson did enough today where we have to talk about that as a three-way battle, I think. He had the highlight catch of the day. He had a couple other nice catches. Zuber had two rough drops, which, again, this is a guy who you're looking at how he's refined as a wide receiver, how he's refined his traditional wide receiver skills. You didn't necessarily see that today. I did trade Nixon. You know, I don't think he had any great plays. He didn't have any bad plays. And for a rookie, that's a positive. When when you don't put anything bad on tape, you had a good day. But I thought of the three, Christian Wilkerson was the best today. And, yeah, I don't think, you know, again, it's just one day in. There's no pads. But that's a really close competition for that last spot. And it seems like Wilkerson's ready to make a run at it. He set himself up today where he looks like he's ready to make a run at it.
1: He's got a great athletic profile, a player that tested it through the roof coming out of college. He was a UDFA in 2020. I think he had a relative athletic score of like 9.5 out of 10 or something crazy like that, right? So like a a very high percentile athlete. And and I think that that's something that you look at with this group and you say, okay, well, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers really aren't in that category. Nikhil Harry is a a slower-footed wide receiver as well. Having a quick, twitch, fast, elusive type of guy like Christian Wilkerson that adds a little bit of that element to the group. Right. And and we talked about Zuber adding that element to the group uh, yesterday showing show and throughout because of his strong mini camp. And we said that adds other than Aguilar, another speed guy which would be nice, right, with, with Isaiah Zuber. Wilkerson, I wouldn't really call him a, a speed guy. He's more of a slot receiver type, right? But he's got that quickness and that ability to create separation and, and is a little bit more dynamic than some of the other guys that they have. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that it was at least a positive step. And I know that there's a ton of Patriots fans like the, the Underworld Patriot uh, Hive on Twitter that think Christian Wilkerson is like the next big thing, right? And I, I also right. A lot of Patriots players have been kind of, you know, at the front of that, that, that line, leading that train a little bit, talking about Christian Wilkerson and what he looks like in, on the practice squad and what he looks like in these passing camps that they run behind closed doors and things like that is a player that has consistently stood out. Is there anybody else on the offensive side of the ball that, that
0: caught your eye or should we move over to the defense? Well, just real quick with Christian Wilkerson, he is wearing number 17. So he has that working against him. We'll see what happens there. But, um yeah, I, I thought he was the best of those three players today. Did anybody else stand out for me? Not particularly. I thought Sony looked good. Looks like he's got a little pep in his step. It was his first time ever participating in the first day of training camp. He's always been on PUP or NFI. So that's, you know, a cool little pump for him. Right. Uh, but, again, I I don't, you know, yeah, he looked good running the football. It's also been how many months since we saw live football. So maybe that's just, I have nothing to compare it to. Uh, I, I really try hard not to judge that stuff till the pads come on, but no, the, the standouts for me on offense, obviously the quarterbacks, Aguilar had a great day. I thought Wilkerson certainly drew some attention. Uh, that, that, that those would be the highlights offensively for me.
1: Before I move over to the defense, uh, Trent Brown was back out there on yes, the offense today big. too, coming off the pup list, literally big. It's just great to see him like standing even next to the other offensive linemen, especially height wise. Like some of the offensive linemen are as wide, not necessarily as wide, but are in the ballpark, right? Like guys like Michael Onwenu and Jack Mason are sort of in that ballpark of wide bodies. But when you just look, it's like, it's, it goes like this, right? From, from right to left, like the height wise, like it's just crazy how large that human is.
0: He, he walked out today with Michael Onwenu. Yeah, dare I say it was comparable. So for whatever that's all right let's move over to the defense we mentioned that the
1: secondary had a really nice day today i thought if we had to give a practice player of the day ball away i would have given it to adrian phillips i I thought the guy was everywhere he was all over the tight ends he intercepted a cam newton pass late in practice he broke up another one intended for johnny smith earlier in practice and smothered hunter henry a second time a, a couple reps earlier it was a bad a bad stretch for the Patriots offense there to close out practice with Cam Newton at quarterback. He threw behind a receiver threw over the head of Kendrick Bourne and was intercepted by Adrian Phillips. That was sort of the stretch that people are pointing out with Cam having a rocky day, right? Where those last three or four reps where, where he seemed to struggle a little bit, but Adrian Phillips, I thought really showed us that, Hey, Kyle Duggar is here. He's going to be a big part of this defense this year and into the future. Jalen Mills is here. They gave him some money. But Adrian Phillips is still hanging around, and I think he's going to be a big part of this defense.
0: Yeah, you know, we talked about him as potentially a border player just with the emergence of Kyle Duggar, and is there enough room for the two of them? If he's right. going to play like that, it opens Duggar to play more on the back end and move around the formation like we talked about yesterday with what is his second-year jump going to look like. So that's, you know, Adrian Phillips being a guy who has a big camp is, is so encouraging for the defense. And, yeah, I thought he was great today. I thought Duggar looked really good today. I actually walked down where we were if you ever go to training camp we're like up on a hill behind one of the end zones right. and i walk down the hill and we're basically like right on the back line of the end zone and i was watching Dugger closely it was just like safety individual safety work and he just looks more refined than he did last year which is obviously what you expect from a second year player you know it's not to say he wasn't refined last year but you can see the growth and that's certainly scary in a good way because i think a lot of what he was doing last year was just based on instincts and now he's sort of adding to the toolbox and that, you know, everybody's talked about this year two jump for Kyle Duggar. He's setting himself up for it. It seems like very well. Looks great in the uniform too. Looks great. Looks great in 23. 23 is much more net. 35 to me has always yeah. been a running back number. Now like yeah. 36, Laura Malloy, that's a safety number. Uh 23 is a great number for him. I think that's a great fit.
1: I agree. I think Kyle Duggar looked nice out there today as well, but I wanted to talk about the outside cornerback, competition too because we saw jc jackson stefan gilmore was out at practice as a spectator he's still on the P yep. list he came out uh after the first couple of periods once we sort of got into the team stuff and was on the sideline with the defense
0: talking about too by the way did that.
1: yeah yeah winovich was out there as well vannoy as i mentioned i think at the top of the show was back out there not on the physically unable to perform list anymore that was a weird I don't know why the Patriots do things sometimes, but Trent Brown and, uh, and Kyle Van Noy were on PUP for less than 12 hours, right? Like, like they laid on PUP at the clock last night and were off it by nine o'clock this morning. But regardless, right. I thought the outside cornerback spot, we made those graphics, I think with Juwan Williams against Mike Jackson. And I guess when Stephon Gilmore comes back, a lot of things are going to change in that secondary, but it really does feel like Jawan Williams, in a way, is competing more with Jalen Mills at this point than Mike Jackson because Mills, every single time Gilmore hasn't been out there, whether it's OTAs, mini camp and now day one at training camp, Mills has been the guy leading off with J.C. Jackson with the starting defense at the other opposite Jackson, the other outside cornerback spot. And right. Jawan Williams feels like the third guy right now trying to compete to maybe take away some of those outside CB snaps from Jalen Mills.
0: Yeah, it seems like that's the way they're going to go, at least right now. And it just hammers home how important it is that Stephon Gilmore come back. It's not that Jalen Mills is necessarily a bad corner, but he presents the most value as a wild card, as a guy who's lining up all over the formation. He was the only player in football last year to play at least 15 snaps at seven different positions. He was even lining up at defensive end of time. So, you know, you pay a guy like that, you bring him in, in the way this defense works, you want to have him to move around. You want to have him to put him where you need him most on a play-to-play basis. Okay. Having him as the outside corner, you're just not getting the most out of that player. So it feels like a stopgap right now. I think that Gilmore came out. He's hanging out with his teammates, and they have him in the building. is very encouraging, Uh but it just hammers home how important it is that Gilmore comes back because I opened the show by talking about how good the defense is, how good the defense is going to be. Gilmore changes the entire complexion. They're going to be good as they're built right now. They're going to be great once they get Stephon Gilmore back.
1: Yeah, it is really interesting because Gilmore's situation, and 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 we want to talk about the guys that actually practice. so I don't want to go too long on Gilmore's situation, but something must have happened, right? Like there had to have been some sort of behind-the-scenes, handshake type of deal or under-the-table type of deal where – they got they convinced gilmore to stop holding out and come back without giving him a new contract maybe the new contract news is coming right and they're kind of ironing out the details of some sort of a raise or or maybe a mini extension or or something like that but it, it is weird to me that all of a sudden stefan gilmore is just fine with, with his contract and he's just back right and maybe he right. is also going route of i had off season surgery i'm hurt right and, and and until you incentivize me to not be hurt you know I'm gonna to continue to to nurse this quad. Maybe there is that element of it too, but I don't know. It does feel like it's a little bit weird that Stefan Gilmore is now just back out there chopping it up with his teammates and just seems kind of okay again to a degree, right but back to Mills and Williams, I thought Williams continues to be pretty competitive when he gets opportunities to go out there now. A lot of his reps today. No offense to Devin Ross, were were against Devin Ross, which I'm not exactly sure we really can put too much into snaps against Devin Ross. But it did break up a pass. He does seem to be pretty competitive in coverage. They were having him wear those mitts on his hands so he couldn't be grab. He couldn't grab and latch on to guys and really had to use his feet. So I I think there are some elements of his games, of his game that is improving. And I'm I'm interested to see him out there in, in these preseason games too because. I'm sure, and as he should, uh, he should get a ton of run this summer, right? He should get a ton of run in these practices. Uh, They don't necessarily need to see Stephon Gilmore or J.C. Jackson rep a ton, right? They know what they they have with those two players. So whether it's the preseason games or it's these training camp practices, I want to see a ton of Jawan Williams, and we saw a decent amount of him today.
0: Yeah, and hopefully we see more. I'd like to see him. Up more against Nelson Aguilar, up more against Nikhil Harry. Right. But he took care of business today and, and that seems like a start. So.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right. There was one guy that I know really stood out to you on the defense side
0: of the ball. So here, here's your time to talk about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought Raquan McMillan, uh, he had the interceptions, the deflection off James White's hands, but he was just, he was out there a lot. I mean, he yeah. was high tower got his reps, but McMillan at least split with Juwan Bentley, if not got more than that. And I've talked about this since they signed McMillan back in March. I thought it was a great signing. I thought he, I think he's a guy who can really play. He's perfectly suited for what they do. I think his skill set, you know, if you want to play him and Bentley off each other, that's as the second Mike linebacker behind Hightower. Bentley's a bit of a bigger body guy who's going to come straight downhill. McMillan's not small by any means, but he's a little smaller than Bentley, but he has more east to west range. And with Terrez Hall on PUP, he's got a real chance here. Uh, a lot of special teams experience too for McMillan. So he's a guy I'm looking at. I think he's somebody who makes the team better in a lot of different ways. If he makes the roster and the fact that he got as many reps as he did today kind of tells me they believe the same thing or they're believing the same thing. And he's going to, he's going to have a chance to make this team. I do. I, you know, sometimes these primary special teams, linebackers, they come in and they bury him. Uh He's not getting buried. He was out there. And I, I think that that's an encouraging sign. I think he's a player to watch. Especially once pads come on, cause I've said this before too. I think him and Bentley play off each other well, but Bentley's in the last year of his deal. You don't know if they plan on resigning him. He probably has some value there. I don't, if he can prove there's not a massive drop off, right? If it's McMillan and Hall behind Hightower instead of Bentley, Bentley becomes a really intriguing trade candidate. Yeah. So. Yeah. McMillan to me is definitely somebody to watch for a number of reasons.
1: Yeah. He was out there a lot. He's a very athletic player. I just looked it up. He was the 54th overall pick in 2017. Right. I thought
0: maybe he squeaked into the top 50 so but he's outside of it. So he was a, yeah, second round pick out of Ohio State, tore his ACL in oh. camp as a rookie. Right. Came, came back the next year, had a hundred tackles, was on pace for a hundred tackles the year after that, had a hamstring injury, got cut went to Vegas, and they only used him as a special teams player. They really didn't use him on defense. I don't know why, but that's just what they did. So he's a guy who's proven he can be productive at the NFL level as a linebacker. He just didn't get that chance last year. I think if the Patriots give him the chance, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at me by using tackles as a stat to evaluate as a player, but tackles shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. But here's what tackles do tell you. The reason or the reason, a lot of people hate tackles is it's an imperfect stat. It's hard to track. A lot of the times they just get given to whoever's near the ball, right? It's a volume right. stat. What a guy having 100 tackles tells you is at the very least, he gets himself near the ball a lot. And the way the Patriots defense works and what they lacked last year were guys who had a nose for the football. And what this defense needed is guys who embrace swarm tackling. A guy who put up those numbers in McMillan is a guy, and the film backs it up, is a guy who's gonna to fight to the ball, has a nose for the ball, and is gonna embrace swarm tackling. So that's why, I, that's why I bring the tackles out. I don't wanna upset you too much, but you understand kind of where that's relevant. It just shows that he's a guy who knows how to get around wherever the play is.
1: Yeah, and he's an athletic guy. He can move sideline to sideline. He can tackle in space with the special team stuff. And, and what I wanted to mention as well is 54th overall pick, Out of Ohio State, very good combine tester, was on the track of being, to being a good NFL player before the injuries derailed it. The Patriots have been down this road before, right? Like they've been down this road before and I'm not going to sit here and say that Raquan McMillan is going to turn into some of the great sort of reclamation projects that have come through new england like kyle van Noy, is a great example at linebacker recently. example right of a a high draft pick didn't pan out in his first stop because of his usage they figured out how to use him a better way here in new england and he blossomed into a really good player i don't know if raquan mcmillan's gonna have that kind of success here but the patriots typically we talk about it with failed first-rounders or guys that didn't quite live up to their first-round status, like Bill Belichick, loving to pick up those types of guys and getting stuff out of them. But McMillan is also another guy that was drafted 54th overall and has some talent and has some athleticism. And and maybe the Patriots, like you said, as that sort of second Mike Linebacker slash ace special teamer, that's a role on this team year in and year out right? that That's a very good role year in and year out to make this team and be active on game day. So I look at a guy like Jawan Bentley who was out there a decent amount today as well. But I look at a guy like Jawan Bentley and say, okay, you know, McMillan is a little bit faster. He's a little bit more athletic. He's a little bit better in space than a guy like Bentley. He's maybe not as physical as Bentley, but he certainly has a lot more movement skills. And if the Patriots get 100% 100% of McMillan and it's not an injured version of McMillan or a shell of himself, then I, I think he's a guy that is more of a new age linebacker.
0: I hate using that phrase, but a, a guy You're that right. is a little bit better suited to play in today's game. And by the way, we talk about him being smaller than Juwan Bentley. I, and, and you know, I just want to clear that up. Cause when you say new age linebacker too, people think smaller, like, quicker. Right, like
1: 225,
0: 230. Right. No, no so, so Bentley's listed six two two fifty five. He's probably over that. He's probably in the two sixties. McMillan same height six two two forty two, and that's probably about right. But he's moving like a guy who's probably in the 220s. So you're yeah. losing twenty pounds versus Bentley, but you just he, he's so much more mobile and he can play east to west. And I, I don't know, he's just a player I'm excited about. So and then again with Hall on pup, he's going to have more chances. Somebody maybe a little more under the radar people always ask us our sleepers to make the roster. Yeah, He's somebody I would, I probably have him. I don't know if Isaiah Zuber counts as a sleeper anymore. I think he's kind of hit the mainstream. So I'd put Rayquan McMillan at the top of my sleeper list.
1: That, that was a good five or six minutes on Raekwon McMillan. I I'll was tell you, he's going to be,
0: there's one guy every year who they signed under the radar and McMillan was signed the end of that free agency week. He was right. signed at the same time as a bigger name. I don't remember who it was. It was for like no money. Um, I can't believe they got him like that, but there's always one guy who you don't really expect to see out there that plays a ton. That guy happens in training camp every year, and early on it's Raekwon McMillan.
1: Okay. Uh Another player on the defense that we talked about a little bit in our preview shows, and I, I was really kind of surprised by the contract that they gave him, quite frankly, and that was Dietrich Wise. And I, I wanted to point out that Wise uh, – I I think that they believe he's going to be their starting defensive end in in the three-four front, opposite of Lawrence Guy. Obviously, Lawrence Guy on the strong side and Wise on the weak side. On the weak side of the formation, uh, they do tend to just give a player a gap. There's not as much two gapping on the backside as you would two gap on the front side. Is more the sort of hold the line and build that wall, right, and let the and let people swarm to the ball. It's not necessarily a penetrating front, but you're at least allowed to just take your gap. Right. And, and not right. worry about trying to post up and things like that. So that might be better suited a little bit to Dietrich Wise, but he was out there. Henry Anderson rotated with him a little bit as well. But Dietrich Wise consistently out there with the ones as a three, four defensive end. You give him a four year, $22 million contract. I think you're looking at a player that's going to be heavily involved in this defense. Yeah. No, they, they
0: paid him like it and he had a career year last year. Right, He puts on that weight, and he kind of changes the way he plays. The thing about it is, okay, he's going to be the starting defensive end. Right, There's so many guys they can rotate through that spot. How many snaps is he going to play? It's probably going to be a week-to-week thing. They'll use him as a matchup guy. So the starting defensive end plays maybe 40%, 45% of the snaps sure. because Lawrence Guy is going to rotate into that role. Henry Anderson is going to rotate into that role. I think if everything goes well, you could see Christian Barmore rotate into that role. If Montrevious Adams makes the team, like some of these guys, some of the tackles they signed, the defensive tackles they signed and drafted this offseason are guys who in a 3-4 are probably hybrid tackle ends. Devon Godshaw is probably the only one who's a true tackle. So they have a lot of guys they can put in that spot. So on one hand, yeah, you do invest heavily in Dietrich Wise, but he's probably a good player to invest in. And they have affordable insurance policies if he's not a guy who can play 60 to 65% of the snaps. So I think Wise is in a great place building off last year. I think the Patriots are in a great place, whether he succeeds or not. Uh, but again, in terms of what we saw today, we got to wait until the pads come on to really see how Dietrich Wise looks.
1: Yeah, when the pads come on, it's going to be really fun to watch this offensive line and these tight ends and running backs go up against this front seven because yeah. that is some physical, physical football that's going to be played. I'm not sure if we'll get them really. Against teammates, you know, going 110% against your own teammates, but they will have joint practices against Philadelphia. They will have, I I believe they are doing the joint practices against the Giants. Uh, They haven't announced those. The Patriots side hasn't announced those. I think the Giants and Joe Judge said it's happening. So... Those joint practices, I think you're going to hear some real bone crushing going on with the Patriots, and I'm interested to see this offensive line go up against the front seven. Uh, it's a long time coming, we haven't seen Dante Hightower out there in a training camp setting in, a, in a, over a year. Uh, he did break up that pass. I think it was intended for Hunter Henry. Uh, he jumped a little uh, curl over the middle and, and made a nice play on it. Uh, anything, again, he's a he's a physical guy, and we're not hitting anybody right. necessarily. But I thought he
0: moved pretty well out there today. Sorry, and you cut out. I, I didn't hear the player. I heard the description. I didn't hear oh, the player.
1: Dante Hightower.
0: Yeah, Hightower. He looked good. He looks, like, thinner, not in an alarming way. He just – I mean, yeah. I thought he lost – I was down there when he did his media availability. I was standing right next to him, and he looked trimmed down, so – that's sometimes you see the guys guys later in their career where they do that, and I think that's a good sign that he's really serious about this year. So yeah, I thought he had a good day. Uh, again, I can't think of a defensive player that I was like, "Oh, he's struggling today." You yeah. know I, I it was that kind of day.
1: Other than you know the the real depth corners, I, I didn't think it was a particularly good day for guys like Mike Jackson and D. Virgin. But I, I'm not sure you're necessarily expecting Mike Jackson and D. Virgin to have great days. Maybe Mike Jackson, but I thought I thought it was. Beat a couple of times, uh, even, I think he got beat a couple of times by Aguilar and and at least once by, by Wilkerson. So it wasn't the best day for him. When I looked at that, you know, a really good mini camp for Mike Jackson, I I kind of feel like that gap maybe was a little bit wider than I initially thought between him and Juwan Williams. Maybe not though. Maybe he's still a player that can factor in here, Uh, but I wasn't overly impressed with anything that I saw out of Mike Jackson today, a name that some people coming out of minicamp sort of were hyping up a little bit as somebody that could make the team as kind of like the fifth cornerback or something like that.
0: Yeah, if Jalen Mills is going to play this heavy of a outside cornerback role, it's going to be tough for him. He's really yeah. – because he's not going to have a ton of reps, and he's going to have to really show up in the opportunities he gets. And then when Stephon Gilmore comes back, it's just going to bury him further if Mills starts playing more safety and maybe that happens when the pads come on, then that, that probably opens the door for Jackson a little bit more. But yeah, right now, uh, even, even Jawan like had Mills out there a lot, even Juwan Williams yeah. can get a ton of reps. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree
1: with that. All right, Uh right. Let's wrap it on this. Uh, do you have a practice player of the day? I think I know who it probably will be. I already kind of mentioned who mine would, would be, but I think we could do this at, you know, we're going to do, Right. most days after practice so each day we can give out a ball to somebody that had a nice practice
0: i'm gonna call it plugger of the day because when i where i went to camp camp Maplewood in Easton, shout out um <laughs> the the like camper of the day in each group got what was called plugger of the day and i was i don't know what it means i always thought it was funny uh so my plugger of the day would honestly probably be nelson Aguilar because to catch two touchdowns the way the uh, the way the defense was playing today was pretty impressive Uh, I'm going to go Nelson Aguilar as my plugger of the day.
1: I I, I mentioned about Aguilar earlier was what I liked about him was we know he can catch the deep ball. We know he can stretch the field, but they were playing in the condensed area today, right? They were playing inside the 10, inside the 15, in a low red zone type of setting. And I don't know if any of us were really expecting him to be a red zone weapon. Now I don't know if he's, maybe this is just one training camp practice and he had a couple nice grabs, but I wasn't really expecting him them to go to him in those types of situations or be able to go to him in those types of situations. So I I know he can stretch the field. I know he can track and catch the deep ball. I'm really interested to see once they really get into ones versus ones and he go, starts repping against Gilmore and Jackson, if that red zone success continues, right? It can right. be somebody that they go to down there because I, I admit, I, I did not expect him to have that in his bag. Most of his touchdowns. I think all of his touchdowns last year came outside the red zone for the Raiders. So this is not a guy that's really known for being a super uh, red zone type of receiver. And, and yet he had a really nice day out there today. Like Nikhil Harry, you kind of expect to be good down there, right? With right. Guys this, and stuff.
0: this was a day that was set up for Nikhil Harry with all the red zone work. It wasn't necessarily right. a day. That's part. I like. Was Nelson Aguilar the best player on the field today? Maybe. Was he the best? Did he play above the I think he played the most above expectations of anybody on the field. So that's and especially because he was like he was up and down in the spring. He comes out on a day that's not built for his skill set where the defense is flying around and he catches two touchdowns like that stands out. It's how high he was above expectations today that stands out.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to stick with Adrian Phillips. I just thought he had a really nice practice. I mentioned he had an interception, Cam Newton late in practice. He broke up another pass intended for Johnny Smith earlier and then shut down Hunter Henry. It was a little corner route in the corner of the end zone. And he was all – you could have counted it as a pass breakup, I guess. It was more just like really tight coverage and made it a difficult catch. But – he was all over the tight ends. I, I thought that was really impressive because we're not talking about him being all over Matt LaCosse and Ryan Izzo anymore, right? We're talking about right. him being all over good tight ends, uh, Pro Bowl level tight ends in the NFL. So I thought he had a really good practice, and again. Duggar is going to play a lot. Mills is going to play a lot. And Phillips is going to play a lot. I think they're going to – they could do the Bill Belichick special, and I know he would absolutely love to do this. But it's basically four safeties on the field at once with Gilmore and Jackson. I think that that's possible. You know, I I think that's impossible. I hate to take Jonathan Jones off the field like that. But in certain matchups when there isn't necessarily a speed guy out of the slot, that they really have a matchup for Johnny Smith – or excuse me, for Jonathan Jones – Maybe that is a possibility, right, in some game plans and some matchups, and that's going to give them all sorts of kind of different iterations and chess matches that they can do if you have four guys that are kind of basically, you know, foundationally safeties, right? Jalen Mills is kind of playing a lot of corner for them right now. But he's more or less a safety And you have those four guys or even three of those four guys on the field that can play deep middle, that can play, uh, you know, split the field and cover two or quarters and can play in the box and, and be as a zone defender or man up you know, against tight ends. That's a really, really versatile group back there as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that all comes together. And um we'll be back out there on Thursday. Alex, is there anything on Thursday in particular that you were looking for after
0: watching today's practice? Well, so I talked about the quarterback. I thought it was a draw today between the quarterbacks, right? Somebody's got to pull away eventually. It's going to right. start at some point. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's not, but. It's, hard. it's a cop out answer. It's an easy answer. I'm looking at the quarterbacks tomorrow. We didn't learn anything today. Uh, that makes me that much eager to see what they're going to do tomorrow because now you've got essentially both of them got to look at it. You know, everybody is trying to gain a little bit of ground each day. Today is a day where you did not gain ground. So tomorrow you got to try to gain twice as much ground.
1: Right. I, I am, I'm really looking at the quarterbacks as well. And I, like you said, it's obvious that we're all looking at the quarterbacks, right? But particularly with Cam Newton. I, I just – I still look at at him and I say, okay, I I don't think that he's physically a shell of himself to the degree that some people do, right? I don't think he's physically as decayed, especially his arm strength and his shoulder, as some people do. But every time we go out there and practice, it just feels like this system and this playbook is really just a round hole in a square peg, right? Like it's just a really difficult – fit for him because he is not a quick game rhythm based get the ball out in two and a half seconds on time accurately to my second or third read in the progression type of guy like he's just not that type of quarterback and every time we get out there in these practices when they're not scheming things up and they're not game planning and all that kind of all that kind of stuff he just looks like an odd fit in it. And it just looks like it's a struggle for him because of that. Because there are moments where he makes really nice throws. Like the touchdown pass and to Nikhil Harry was a nice throw. I thought he zipped in a couple of throws in between zone coverages that were really nice. But in terms of the entire operation, the way that it's run, it's so inconsistent because I feel like he's consistently fighting himself, right? And fighting his instincts to try to fit into this into this puzzle right? And fit into right. this this type of offense. And I always come back to like the, the Josh McDaniels uh, is going to run his offense. And if he's going to run his offense truly to a T, then I just can't imagine that Cam is going to be able to hold off Mac for very long. I think it's the right thing to do in a lot of respects for Cam to start the season as the quarterback, as a starter. But, Just from a stylistic perspective, at some point in time, Josh McDaniels is going to walk into Belichick's office and be like, look, this guy runs my offense a lot better than that guy, right? And it's nothing to do with physical talents or, or leadership or intangibles or locker room presence or any of those things. But just when I need to get the football out and get it where it needs to go and set the protection and get through the progression and all these types
0: of things, Mac is doing it better than Cam on a consistent basis. And that's, you know, I know we're trying to talk about the day, you know, day one of training camp, but that's, that's, I think where it's going to have to come from. If if Belichick needs a nudge to make the quarterback change, I don't think it's coming from Kraft. I think it's coming from Josh McDaniels. So that's, you know, there was a, we all remember the Brady side sessions, right? And those were a big deal at training camp when Tom Brady was here. Cause it was okay. What four or five guys is he taking to throw with him? There was one side session today. It was Hoyer and he was throwing with the running backs. Hunter Henry, Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar. So yeah. you know, it was an interesting group, but while Hoyer doing that, Cam and Mac were off to the side, just talking with Josh McDaniels. And that to me was really interesting. Like what were they discussing? What was going on in that huddle? I'm, you know, something to watch during camp is it's not even necessarily X's and O's football, but what is the relationship between Mac and Josh McDaniels look like? I think that's a storyline worth following. I think they're getting closer and closer by the day. Uh, they spent well, who was of- it? Somebody, somebody said during the spring, one of the players that they, they view the game the same way. They yeah, think they about the game the same the,
1: way. That was in my report. I have also heard that Mac and Cam spent, a, or Mac and Josh McDaniels, excuse me, has spent a lot of time together, as you would expect for offensive coordinator and first round pick, right? You know, you would expect right. that those two guys would spend a lot, to, a lot of time together, but it does definitely feel like uh, and oh, we we
0: have a little bit of uh, Patriots quarterback news here. Oh, okay, little bit. The goat. Oh my god! A- I'm not going to say the goat has returned because that's loaded. A Patriots legend returns. Patriots have claimed Jake Dolgala off waivers from the Packers. So so this is Jake Dolgala back.
1: Okay, so not to go on a we have, we have, we got to sign off in three minutes, but not to go on a whole Jake DeGala rant. But going out there at practice today with only three quarterbacks was a really noticeable difference between three and four. Right, literally like to tweet this, yes, yeah, it, it definitely felt like they could just use another arm, right, to just to just throw somewhere because a lot of these drills. And this is not saying DeGala's going to make the team or anything like that. This is literally saying he's an arm to throw a football, right, and. and that, to me, I think is actually sort of came out a little bit. And, and, and that was uh, interesting was, you know, Cam and Mack are working with the ones. Hoyer's working with the twos against the ones on the defensive side of the ball. And then there was a bunch of players at the far end of the field that were – that had a coach throwing the football, right? Like, a, like some, like, you know, assistant coach was throwing the football. And you look at all of that and you say – well, if they had Stidham, then maybe Stidham's working with the twos against the ones and Hoyer's working with the, with the other guys. And, and you have a, a quarterback
0: for each station, right? right. And, and that's just sort of about the operating procedure here out at these camps. Yeah. I, I, I think it ties into Stidham. And we, we talked about this with that, that Stidham Hoyer battle, right? This doesn't look good if you're Jared Stidham. It doesn't. And he's got to find his way back off PUP here. So. Absolutely. All right, so Alex
1: and I will be back tomorrow around the same time probably to break down day two of Patriots training camp. A little bit of a slow day one, but we did get some red zone action late in practice, so we were able to give you some analysis. Tomorrow, hopefully, we see a little bit more and a little bit more as things start to ramp up. It sounds like it won't be until next week that the pads go on and the real competition and the real football, as Bill Belichick would put it, begins, but we're still going to overanalyze and micro uh, analyze all of these little things that happen even out of these non-padded practices so we'll be back on the podcast tomorrow after day two of patriots training camp uh for alex barth i'm evan lazar thanks for watching everybody